The following program is being brought to you on the Voice America Variety Channel. For more information about our network and to check our additional show hosts and topics of interest, please visit voiceamericavariety.com. The Voice America Talk Radio Network is the worldwide leader in live Internet talk radio. Visit voiceamerica.com. The views and ideas expressed on the following program are strictly those of the host or guests and do not necessarily reflect the views and ideas held by the Voice America Talk Radio Network, its staff, and management. Welcome to Good Morning New York Real Estate with Vince Rocco. Our show is all about the exciting world of real estate, and in particular, how it relates to the lucrative New York market. But if you're not planning a real estate transaction in New York, we still have plenty of information that you can use no matter where you are. Now, here's your host, Vince Rocco. Good morning, everybody. It is Tuesday, November 4th, and you are listening to Good Morning New York on the Voice America Radio Network. I am your host, Vince Rocco, and we are coming to you live from Blastoff Studios in Times Square. I have the full panel with me here in the studio this morning, so that's always fun. Let's first get to some news items. The adorable little fifth-floor walk-up loft at 46 Carmine Street, where Jackson Pollock once briefly resided in the 1940s, has found a buyer. Its celebrity past helped million-dollar listing Luis Ortiz sell it for more than the asking price to a young Russian woman with a passion for painting, according to the Daily News. Asking $1.25 million, the apartment actually sold for $1.46 million as a nod to 46 being Pollock's favorite number. Go figure. A group of 20 tenants at an Upper West Side building is suing the developer over its efforts to deregulate their apartments. Argo Real Estate holds that the units at 360 Central Park West between 94 and 95th Street should be market rate. In the offering plan for the condo conversion, those same units were portrayed as destabilized. Now, the tenants and developer are locked in a court battle. One World Trade Center has revealed ticket pricing for its One World Observ- obs- Observatory deck that will take over the building's 100, 101st, and 102nd floors when it opens to the public in 2015. Adult admission to the deck, which will obviously become the highest in the city because it's on top on the top floors of the city's tallest building, will cost $32. While it may sound like a hefty price, the cost is in the range of classic observation decks throughout the city. After owning the penthouse at 150 Columbus Avenue for nearly two decades, famed sportscaster Marv Albert has rid himself of the apartment. The Daily News reports that the 3553-square-foot home is now in contract, and Street Easy shows that it was last listed at $14.9 million. Albert first put it on the market in May for $16.5 million. He bought the place in 1996 for $2.39 million, and it has a pretty spectacular 1,500-square-foot terrace. Not a bad profit, I'd say. I used to walk his dog. There you go. <laughs> I know That's that, a, I know that apartment very well. There you go. Mm-hmm. When the sale of 157's estimated $90 million Winter Garden penthouse closes, business bloodhound and hedge fund billionaire Bill Ackman will become part owner of likely the most expensive apartment ever sold in New York City. And what does he plan to do with this 13,500-square-foot property? Live in it? No. He plans to flip it. I'm going to be watching that one. Flip it for more money than he's paying for it, $90 million. Go figure. Good wow. for him. Oh. 
Hell's Kitchen, Fortis Property Group, and Wonderworks Constructions, 540 West, 110-unit condo building on West 49th Street, is now 80% sold. The development, which hit 50% back in June, is slated for buyers to move in starting in January. And I have a buyer in there. More than 84,000 buildings worth $129 billion lie in flood zones in New York City, according to an analysis released by the office of the New York City controller, Scott Stringer, on the two-year anniversary of Hurricane Sandy. According to Stringer, and I quote, it's easy to think that Sandy was once in a lifetime event, but climate science tells us that that rises in sea level and more frequent severe weather will put lives, property and communities at increased risk. New York City government officials have much work to do regarding this problem and time will tell how they get this problem fixed. So, as I said, panel is all here in studio today. I'm talking to Deborah Hoffman from Town Residential, Parul Brombat from Core Group. Rachel Altshuler from Douglas Elliman, Niall Lundgren from Dalian Realty, and Ivy Ray, our independent broker specialist. So our topics today uh, are varied. We're going to start with uncommon charges. First-time condo buyers are sometimes confused by the monthly maintenance fee that condo buildings charge. <clears throat> Combined with property taxes and your mortgage payments, they can add up to a hefty percentage of your total housing costs. But what is a condo maintenance fee and what does it cover? And many people ask these questions, believe it or not, even in this town, first-time buyers and then some. So how does it compare to the cost of owning a home? So what for the for the sake of the listening audience out there, guys, what are common charges? I mean, we hear about homeowners association fees in the suburbs, we hear about maintenance, we hear about common charges. In this particular case, in this town, in condominium, we call it common charges. What are common charges here in New York? It's very similar to uh, a maintenance for co-ops. So it takes care of all the the things that come with purchasing the apartment. So taking care of the common spaces, the amenities, the staff. Um, In condos, you also have real estate taxes. So be wary of when you're looking at properties online that you don't only look at the common charges, you look at both the taxes and the CCs. Well, I wanted to get into that too, because again, a lot of people look at, you know, the monthly cost and, you know, and especially in new development, they buy in these new development uh, uh, projects because the monthlies, the overall monthlies, in addition to the, uh, the, the mortgage is a lot lower because of tax abatement. So I want to just make sure that people understand out there that the common charges are outside of the taxes per month, Mm -hmm. the real estate taxes, and they are either abated or they're not abated. But for the sake of this conversation, common charges. So I've had people say to me, so, you know, when when someone is going to be shoveling the street, does that come out of my common charges? Shoveling snow on the street. And my, my question is, well, I mean, my answer is, of course it does. But what people don't understand is, you know, that these fees... Even in a co-op where it's called maintenance, really are what carries the building's functions. I mean, it pays for everything that the building needs to have done. Utility bills, you know, the overall lighting mm-hmm. in the hallway, the overall heating in the building, um, rooftop, if it exists in the building, it takes care of all of that maintenance. There's a contingency fund sometimes that covers special costs incurred as part of the building's upkeep. Uh, such as roof repairs, mechanicals in the basement. You know, yeah, every once in a while. What is it? Seven year local law eleven, which yes. my building is going yep. through right now. Talk about drilling and mortar coming through mm-hmm. windows. I want to scream. I've been <laughs> having it for a year in my building. But I was going to add to it. I was waiting to see if you would, and it's true that everything, all of those charges go to the upkeep of the building. Everything that you love about the building, every reason that you bought it, portions of it go not so much to salary, but if they have special people that come in to assess things in the building, but. 
anything that isn't spent goes into the reserve fund, which is really important for buildings. The so reserve if things fund is very do important. go wrong or everyone has voted to finally put in a kid's room when there wasn't one, this money is – But there important. is a portion of that the, – of those common charges per unit that do go into um, – the salaries for a building and yep. special assessments. And insurance. And insurance. And let's talk a little bit about special assessments because that is outside of the normal common charges or in co-ops maintenance when there needs to be a special project done. In some cases, local law 11. In some cases, a major problem up on the roof. And the reserve fund is depleted. They have to come up with the cash somewhere. Not always easy to, to go out and get a mortgage or, or you know, refinance a mortgage. So what they do is special assess. Uh, and a lot of people have problems with that because now on top of your maintenance, on top of your taxes, now you're paying a special assessment fee. So we have to mm-hmm. keep that in mind. And I've had issues sometimes with buyers that I've represented not wanting to pay the assessment. They're fine with the overall common charges or maintenance. They're fine with the taxes. But then you add X amount of dollars per month in um, assessment and it becomes too much per rule. And also in new development, if somebody's purchasing, um, they need to also, in addition to look at whether the taxes are abated or not, the maintenance charges, also look at what sort of uh, a, sort of a, an, an additional charge that they will be paying at closing uh, for the reserve fund. And it's typical to have a two-month uh, equivalent of common charges that you pay in addition to all of those things. And let's not forget that you may be paying the sponsors uh, transfer taxes as well. Absolutely. And attorney fees. Absolutely. Very good point. You know, it's, it's funny because I just had a, a debate and I'll use the word debate with an attorney who <laughs> was arguing with me last like week because in the co-op, uh, the condo board package, it was just, as you said, parole, a two month uh, reserve fund Mm-hmm. you know, allocation. And the attorney actually asked me to speak to the managing agent because his client shouldn't pay two months up front in addition to everything else he has to pay. And he's just not going to do it. And I said, well, you know, <laughs> you're more than happy to, you know, I'm more than happy to have you call them, you know, on your own. I said, but there's nothing I'm going to be able to do with that. So of course they made the courtesy call. I got the phone slammed down on me. And I said to the attorney, well, now it's up to you. Guess who paid the two months at closing? What's okay. interesting is that is an attorney working in the best interest of his client if a two-month working capital fund is standard? Mm-hmm. So in that case, you have to be very careful on the attorney you're working with to represent you in new development. I totally agree. Absolutely. Yeah. And with regard to assessments, many times it depends what the assessment is for. When you bring a buyer to a building, of course, if there's an assessment, you want to know what it's for. Many of the older co-ops have assessments to fill up the reserve fund, which people balk at. And I don't blame yeah. them because what do you mean? Fill up the reserve fund. You have something yeah. coming down the line. But right now, Niall and I have a deal going on and there's a $125 a month assessment for five years. Oh. But it's to replace the elevators. This yeah, is a pre-war adds value. building. That adds That's value. right. It does and, add value. Know, and his buyer shrugged. Well, so buyer's so mm-hmm. at that. Yeah. What, kind, what kind of elevator replacement is this? Just standard? Is it a, a post-war building or is it a it's pre-war going It's a pre-war going building. From- it's an Art Deco building. They're completely replacing them. What okay. they've been doing for years is shutting down the elevators on weekends during the summer to replace parts. Mm-hmm. But just like everything, after a while, it needs full replacement. Yeah, it took, they did that in my building just as I moved in 10 years ago. And it took them about two years to get that completed. But, of course, when it's finished, it's well worth it. But, you know, I've been hearing about this deal between the two of you for weeks now. So when you do close this deal, we're yeah. all going out and have cocktails. Fantastic. There's, there's no doubt about that because it sounds like a very interesting yeah, one. Yeah, I'll yeah. on that. Yes. Let's move on to secrets to home staging. We've talked about this. Actually, we've done a whole segment on this. But home staging is a tricky thing. It's not just about making a good impression. It's about helping people visualize themselves happily living in what is currently your home. 
let's think about that. You know, people come through your home as a seller and you need to be able to make them feel happy and comfortable as they look at your stuff. Now, with all that said, they will come in either renovate, they will come in and redecorate, they will come in just by putting their own furniture in. But when they're coming to look at your stuff as you're listing your apartment and you're wanting to sell it, you've got to make it look presentable enough and happy enough so when they come in, they get a good vibe and a good feeling. Do it well and you will facilitate the sale of your property. Do it poorly and you will alienate potential buyers and fail to sell when you really need to or want to. And here are eight errors and pitfalls to avoid in the process. Number one, forego cleaning. So many times we walk into apartments and all of you know the same thing and and people just don't want to clean their apartment. They think it's nothing and you walk in and there's dust balls flying. If there's pet hair, whatever. Dirty toilet. Dirty toilet. Oh, you know, it's noticeable. Listen, it's noticeable. And what happens? We've all represented buyers. We've all walked we in. We do the cleaning. We do the we cleaning, do the cleaning. Yeah. if we can yes. in yeah. advance before That's the buyer happens. comes. Yes, yeah. that is what happens. You're I running around like a hire somebody. Exactly. I ain't doing the cleaning. <laughs> but if no, no, no. I think we don't. All... You run in 10 minutes before and go crazy because yeah. they don't do that kind of thing. Right. Listen, especially with pets. You know, pets are pooping and peeing all over the place. Cats, I, I had a listing once where I had to go in and <laughs> – the seller instructed me and told me that her her cat does his business in the bathtub. So, but oh. there's I have that too. no oh paper down God, or nothing. So, please go ten minutes early and remove the poop out of the bathtub before the the clients come in. And I thought, well, what? I'm not going to do that. <laughs> That's my job. I did it. I did I it. The same thing. I, I did, did it. it. I yeah. just said, you well, you know, I'm not going to do this. Say, but what are you doing ten minutes prior, ma'am? She was at work all day long. It's customer service also, you know. I mean, I've been a handyman. I've I've gotten on a ladder and cleaned the chandelier that was just dingy. I mean, I can't tell you. I've found where to move like a big iron door. I want to be careful. We don't Uh, have workers comp. So I know. It's amazing, though, the things that you end up doing for your listings. Let's stop with what we do because the sellers are listening. (laughs) (laughs) Whoever says they do the most is getting the call. We're going to continue this when we come back from a break. On the other side, we'll pick up on the staging and a lot more. Don't go away. Streaming live, the leader in Internet talk radio, voiceamerica.com. Put Blue Realty Group to work for you. Blue Realty Group is a full-service luxury real estate brokerage firm in Manhattan. With our global reach, unrivaled marketing capabilities, and veteran team, Blue serves some of the world's most exclusive and high-profile buyers and sellers. Visit us today at BlueRealtyGroup.com. At Blue Realty Group, we feel that people matter and results count. Our mission with you is to meet and deliver expectations to drive the results you want. We're ready now. Visit BlueRealtyGroup.com. That's B-L-U-RealtyGroup.com. The Internet's number one talk station. Number one talk station. VoiceAmerica.com. You are listening to Good Morning New York Real Estate with Vince Rocco. If you want to call into the program, we're toll-free in North America at 1-866-472-5788. That's 1-866-472-5788. Or send an email to vrocco at bluerealtygroup.com. That's vrocco at blurealtygroup.com. Now, back to the show. 
Okay, everybody, we're back, and we're talking about <laughs> secrets to home staging, and not necessarily the staging that we've all become accustomed to, meaning you have an empty apartment, we bring in furniture, or you know we declutter and we, we, we fix up. But this is really what I should call cleanliness in your apartment when you put it on the market for sale because everything you do to enhance the sale, as we talked about before the break, is going to make it a lot better. You know, forget, don't forget to declutter. How many times do you walk into apartments, there are children, there are kids, or just adults, and there are things, Uh, toys, shoes all over the place. And Niall and I were just chatting at the break. You know, when you schedule your photographer, which I'm doing this week for new listing I'm putting up in Lincoln Center, you know, (laughs) the photographer comes and you tell your sellers beforehand, listen, we're coming at 10 o'clock on Tuesday morning or whatever, and please have the place looking pretty decent. Now you walk in and it's a wreck. And what do they expect is going to happen when a photographer walks in? Deborah? Well, the real problem is, and I think we have the same problem, is we live in our homes. Our sellers live in their homes. No one sees that stack of National Geographics next to the couch. What I started doing before I bring the photographer in is I take the homeowner outside, I close the door. I say, close your eyes, we're counting to 10. And then we slowly open the door and I say, where did your eye go first? It's always that pile of clutter. It's always the child's toys. And I say, this is what the camera's going to see. That's a good point. And they do, 90% of the time, they will clean up and understand, but we don't see it either. So In our own homes. In you're, our own you're homes, You're right, course. because we're so we used to living. have to, to give living. them a little bit of a break <clears throat> and walk them through it, just like we walk them through so many other and things. That's why we, I'm it's probably so, a little, go ahead. I was going to okay. say, that's why it's so important to have a valuable coach with you. We have a fresh perspective, and we say, hey, look, you know, that big stack of National Geographic, we could just tuck that away for the time being, take the pictures, and, and they're going to come out fantastic, among other things. You know, it's funny because sometimes you walk in with a photographer, and of course, the seller decides they want to stay home for this event. And, you know, the photographers and I always <laughs> like to move things around and fluff things up and make things look great. And mm-hmm. so the first time I moved something, the seller was standing there and he absolutely flipped like, why are you doing that? And I said, because it looks better over here. And trust me, when the picture is taken, you're going to like it. Well, I don't think we should do that. I said, well, we're going to do that. Just relax. And moving things around on top of furniture or, you know, off of furniture – ducking things underneath sofas because they don't belong there and you don't want to see it, it becomes a big problem. You know, I've only had one apartment that was really an issue in terms of stuff, and I was blown away. And what I did was walk in with uh, Architectural Digest or something with some gorgeous photographs. So, you know, you have these pre-meetings after you've, you know, signed your agreement with Sell. And so I always have the conversation, I think, because we know how important this piece is. But they were really closed and they were, you know, they just didn't want to hear anything. So I walked in with... Three different spreads of extraordinary apartments, all of them in New York, of course. No. <laughs> and then I took a picture with my cell phone of, the, of similar rooms. Right. And I turned around and I, I said to them, what do you love about it? They were like, oh, my God. This, and then I showed them their house. And they just went, Ivy, we'll leave for two hours. You yeah. And then you're playing Tetris, moving, moving items Yeah, well, you're just around. sticking things away. <laughs> they had a storage thing downstairs. I bought over my own coffee table books. Lucky a big for us, bowl the camera only sees one point of view at a time. Yeah, thank God. <laughs> so you can take everything out, move it right outside of the view of the camera, yeah. get that, pic, that shot done and put it all back. But but that care- opened the door for them to realize that 70% of what was there was going to be in the way when they were selling. So Listen, they really, you know. It's like a movie set. It's like staging, you know, like you just said, Perul, you know, the camera only sees one side. So <laughs> put everything that you don't need out of camera range, shoot it, and then put it back. And, you know, I always tell sellers who bark about, I don't want to do this or that. You know, you look at the pictures on the internet and you say, wow, that place looks really great. 90% of the time, you walk into the apartment, it looks nothing like the photograph. Correct. But it 
get you in, in the, the door. door. Yeah, that's right. Mm-hmm. And that's you got to convince for. them that way. Like, listen, I get it. But you know what? Your place is going to look really beautiful when we finish. And sellers and are them. always happy when they see the pictures online. Yes, after, they are. Even if it's, you know, a little oh. nerve wracking and they're upset, they go online and How they go, How many times wow. do they say, oh, email me the pictures. Yep. And then what do they say? Oh, I showed it to my friends. They mm-hmm. really like the way it looks. Mm-hmm. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> we know what we're doing. Yeah. yeah. Well, I, well, I, don't, I don't know if you guys have run into this one. Lately, I've been running into sellers asking me about what I'd want to change about the apartment um, Mm -hmm. at the pitch, at the pitch, which is a really interesting time to have that conversation. It's very tricky because you don't want to offend. And yet you also want to be completely clear and upfront up so that there aren't surprises and they don't feel like you held back on them. And it's, it's a really, you know, kind of fun tight rope to walk. I get that 50% of the time. And I I always have, and I actually have a sheet that most of the companies put out that has suggestions. Mm-hmm. It's not major things, but it's the same thing that you will get if you watch two shows on HGTV. And it's that basic. And I keep it very light when we talk about it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and it's always good and just yes. to be honest. Exactly. And that's the, the exactly. best thing that we could do is just be honest about our, our professional opinions and our feedback mm-hmm. and then say, hey, I think this yeah. is what we should do from there. And then, you know, hope for the best. <clears throat> yeah, and especially if it's like a, tra- like a loft in Tribeca, for instance, right? That could about. be, yeah, that could be designed in so- the same space could look yeah. like four different apartments entirely. Absolutely. Depending on how it's decorated. And that's the conversation. I always use that as the example. I use the Tribeca loft and I say, think about about it. If you're an artist or like an artistic person, imagine what your loft would look like. Now, if you had a hedge fund guy come in to look at this place to want to buy that, do you really think that's going to speak to him? You know, it's like, if, what if somebody's moving down from the Upper East Side for whatever, you know what I mean? And so it's like, once that's I start sort true. of, you know, l- l- allowing people to sort of let their minds go and realize that this isn't about how beautiful their space is. It's about how kind of convention how how it could let allow other people to see mm-hmm. how this could be their speaking home. to the Absolutely. widest audience exactly so you might want to say well what about that harley mm. in the bedroom <laughs> <laughs> i've had to we do might, that oh no i've had to do that <laughs> well, we, and, we, could, we should have I a whole episode of it's that. not even photographing the harley it's mm. a matter of i am concerned of people coming through here and wanting to touch it and play with it because it's so attractive. Oh, it's time to put it in storage because I want to protect your possession. Well, that brings, true. Well, that brings us to the next thing here, and that's a good, very good point. Over-personalizing things, whether it's a Harley, whether it's a, a you know photographs all over the place. How many times have you represented a listing and sometimes even a celebrity apartment where you know there are wonderful pictures all over the place? What happens when buyers walk in? They go right to the photographs, mm-hmm. and they make no bones about being nosy. They're looking at all the pictures, and they're wondering who lives here, who's this, who's that. What are they not doing? They're not looking at the apartment, right? So when I go into a a seller's apartment and, you know, my house is is basically the same. So if I ever sold my apartment, I'd have to say, take it while I rent, but whatever. I'd have to take everything down because mine's a whole family tree of pictures all over the place, friends, family. But I tell sellers all the time, you know, when you put your apartment on the market, take your pictures away. You want to keep one or two, that's fine because – I promise you, everybody's going to walk in and go right up to the bookcase, right up to the table, wherever you have photographs. And I do that with, I see that with my buyers and I'm like, all right, come on, let's go. Not, you know, we don't need to look at that. Or really have an issue imagining it being their own. 
if you've got the babies on <clears throat> the breast mm-hmm. and you've got like the family tree and you've got people are just overwhelmed by other people's presence. Photographs are powerful. No joke. Or I've big shown an apartment. I've had big nudes the, on the wall. I have too. The, yeah, oh absolutely. my God. And yeah. they're all absolutely. offended. Like you're, you have a gorgeous body, but can we, you know. No, I've had major problem with right. that. Or, yeah. or like S&M equipment. No joke. At the oh, Silk building, yes. I was showing a yes. $4 million yeah. listing. On Central Park West. I had. And it had, I mean, just things that, and I was showing it to like a 50 plus year old couple. It was probably the most embarrassing moment I've had in mm-hmm. my real estate career where I didn't quite know how to. So then I just made fun of it. But what else can you do? And and the crazy thing was the broker had left me the keys to show the apartment. Ooh. So I didn't even have a buffer there. <laughs> yeah. I mean, it was me, just you. my 50 plus year old clients and there's a big swing in the middle of the master bedroom. So, yes. Swings and whips and chains. Yeah, Can you imagine what trying to sell real estate? It was Not incredible. a good thing. Yeah. So, but it happens. It so happens. it's important to neutralize, right? you got to neutralize the apartment. <laughs> I think that's so that would work. That works. That's very important. That works. You never know who's coming. Exactly. <laughs> Shoots and he scores. You know, listen, the other thing I really have a big problem with is smells and odors. And, oh. you know, you walk into listings sometimes, even if you're just you're just looking at apartments to to pitch, as Perul said before, and you're smelling the dinner, you know, from the night before or you're smelling the fish that they made three weeks ago, oh. you know, or the diaper, you know, that's in the bag, this, Ugh. you know, whatever. And it's kind of like, you know, what do you do and how do you tell your sellers about this? Because at the end of the day... You have to envision bringing buyers in, and what's going to happen? They're going to have the same the same reaction. So, how do you kind of deal with a situation like that? Do you upfront tell them that you know you've got to clean up not only the environment but the The odors and the smells in here, the air? It's well along the lines of what Perul was saying a little while ago about discussing these things at the pitch. We're lucky to be living in the 21st century where everyone is terrified of allergies. Yeah, well, and. I talk about there's so many people who are allergic. It could be the best buyer who's going to bid over the asking price. But sometimes there are certain smells or your cat or – and I have cats. And you have to take care of these things and take care of it the day before. And is your cat worth or the cat's litter box worth $200,000 to you to not get rid of – to not put it with your neighbor Absolutely. for a day or so? And they all understand. You have to put yeah. it in that – Form because your cat's wonderful. People are allergic. It's also easy enough for us to have sprays in our office or in my bag. Typically, I have it in my bag. Mm -hmm. Smudging that stuff we can do ourselves. So, you know, I don't get too much in this to the smells because it's it can be insulting. So it's I funny. Smudging. Talk about allergies is with sage. Yes. But then it smells like you've been, been smoking a bong. Well, you don't it do it. You don't do know, it ten it minutes before. There, are, there yeah. are some powerful <laughs> neutralizing sprays. <laughs> there are smells like they that. have no smell at all, yes. Yes. and they're odor away. Yeah. They're amazing. Right. Now, I wouldn't recommend people breathe these on a daily basis. But Rachel, you, you have a little boo. You're, you're a little cutie. And I saw on boo. Facebook this morning. So, yeah. and I have one, and, and and several people that we know do, including our um, seller. You know, but you don't have to walk into somebody's apartment and smell a dog or smell a cat or smell whatever yeah, kind of pet you, you have. You just my dog does not smell. I know. That's why I'm saying That's why I'm saying it because I know you and I know how you live and I know that wouldn't be and that's clearly how I am. So, but people don't you know, pay attention to that. You know, they don't wash their dog for 3 weeks and then you walk into the apartment and it smells like a dog. Well, and you want a million point 5 for your apartment? Really? I don't know. Yeah, that's why I talk about allergies. It's less offensive. Good smell. Right. Correct. Like yeah. Correct. And smell. 
Mm-hmm. So very, very, very <laughs> smart. And a fresh coat of paint usually gets rid of a lot of yeah, smells, too. So, so that's what you can do with smokers. Because <coughs> yeah, if they're heavy smokers, it's tough. Yeah. Yep. Heavy smoking, well, that, that's part of, yeah, and fresh coat of paint. I've done that, actually. Yeah, the and the last thing, you know, overstuffed closets. We've all opened closets. And, you know, buyers come through and they want to open closets because they need to see the space. I don't blame them. Sometimes they're outfitted. Sometimes they're not. Makes a difference. And sometimes... You open and things fall on you. That's happened yeah. to me multiple times. And the seller said, well, I'm going to try very hard to you know, declutter my closet or clean my closet. Well, okay, but did you? And why is it important? Because people need to see the space that they have for storage. Sometimes if you give them a little leeway, they will really stand up to the occasion. For instance, I tell sellers, don't empty your closets because people want to imagine how much they could stuff in it. But we must be able to see the back, the sides, and the ceiling. Because we need to know the side. And they all go, oh, so I only have to put away three or four things. I said, yes, they could go under the bed, but we must see the ceiling, the back, and the sides. But don't empty it because you're still living here. And 90% of the time, they really rise to the occasion. Has any any of you had a, a situation where because of an overstuffed closet, uh, and I don't mean to harp on closets, but that sellers walked out and buyers walked out rather and said, I, I, there's just not enough room here. When you know that that closet really is or several closets <laughs> in the apartment really are uh, adequate enough, but they just couldn't see past the clutter. I mean, have any of you had that situation? I've had it many times. And I've actually once taken a buyer back after telling the seller, here's the problem. We can sell your apartment, clean that closet because they're coming back. And we did it. Good. All right, we're going to take a break. We're going to talk about um, open houses when we come back. Don't go away. Stimulating talk it gets those synapses in the brain firing really fast. All the time. The number one Internet talk station where your opinion counts. VoiceAmerica.com. Put Blue Realty Group to work for you. Blue Realty Group is a full-service luxury real estate brokerage firm in Manhattan. With our global reach, unrivaled marketing capabilities, and veteran team, Blue serves some of the world's most exclusive and high-profile buyers and sellers. Visit us today at BlueRealtyGroup.com. At Blue Realty Group, we feel that people matter and results count. Our mission with you is to meet and deliver expectations to drive the results you want. We're ready now. Visit BlueRealtyGroup.com. That's B-L-U-RealtyGroup.com. Streaming live. The leader in Internet talk radio. VoiceAmerica.com. You are listening to Good Morning New York Real Estate with Vince Rocco. If you want to call into the program, we're toll-free in North America at 1-866-472-5788. That's 1-866-472-5788. Or send an email to vrocco at bluerealtygroup.com. That's vrocco at blurealtygroup.com. Now, back to the show. All right, everybody. We're going right along. We are back. I'm here with... My panel of experts here in the studio with me this morning, uh, Deborah Hoffman, Pearl Brombat, Rachel Altshuler, Niall Lundgren, and Ivy Ray. So we've been talking about some things uh, that help to enhance the sale of an apartment, as we kind of do almost every week. 
here's let, let's talk about enhancing open houses, and we're going to be thinking about this as we're all listing agents and um, buyers come in. So this is kind of from a buyer's perspective on how to behave in an open house and for for what reason. For buyers and nosy neighbors alike, open houses can be a welcome opportunity to poke around other people's homes, and sometimes they come in just to see how people live or how they decorate. I've had that how many times? But if you're genuinely looking to buy in a city as competitive as New York City, the open house is also a crucial time for you to make a good impression. Now, just think back to all of the buyers that we have as we, as we host our open houses, the types of buyers that come in, looky-loos, looking at decoration, looking at just how people live, or you can pretty much sniff out after you've been in the business long enough, and all of us have been, you can pretty much tell who is really serious, and you're going to want to pay more attention to these people. The seller's broker, listing agents, could be silently vetting you for a massive financial transaction. And if you're looking in a co-op, they're going to be looking at you from the eye that says, will these people, could this person pass a co-op board? Okay, here we are at listing agents, checking out the buyers coming through open houses. We're doing our job, our fiduciary responsibility to our sellers to bring the best deal and the best qualified buyer to our sellers. Have How someone conducts themselves, how buyers conduct themselves, in an open house is generally a good indication of how they'd act in a board interview. I really believe that 100%. You can tell the difference with buyers walking through. They're serious. They conduct themselves professionally. You're pretty much convinced that if they get to the point where they have to sit in front of the building's co-op board, they're going to probably do okay. We can pick out the characters that come through that you wouldn't even <laughs> want to put through a co-op board. And no seller wants to waste their time with a candidate who will never impress the board. So here are some of the things that that uh, are suggested to buyers as they come through. And let's let's chat about this a bit. Buyers, don't overdress and don't play it cool. I'm sorry, do play it cool. Play it cool, but don't overdress. What, what What's the thought on that? Again, think back to, you know, the buyers that come through and you kind of look at them and say, okay, maybe, good candidate, maybe not. Don't overdress. Someone shows up in a suit and tie. What do you think? Someone shows up in just a casual Sunday afternoon, outfit, but professionally clean, you know, nice looking. Is there a difference? I mean, does that make it? I think there is. I'm always really impressed by people that, you know, obviously have means, obviously have positions of, of pretty great power. And I meet them on a Saturday and they've got on like really cool sneakers, but there's a hole in the sneaker and they have on maybe a cashmere t-shirt and a pair of ratty jeans and the net worth is off the chart. So I mean, I, you know, it begin, I, I think you can smell people a mile away that are trying too hard and people that try too hard from my perspective, just put a little bit of a bell off, you know, and, and people that are relaxed, appropriate. Saturday attire, you know, I'm more drawn to them. I'm more excited about their presence than somebody that's – I think for me it comes down to just, you know, somebody approaches me or approaches my open house. If they look comfortable, if they look appropriately dressed, and, I, and I'm not judging on what they need to wear, but if they look comfortable in their own clothes, if they are appropriately dressed, sneakers if it's, if it's, if it's appropriate – and they come in and they ask the right questions and they seem presentable enough, you know, you'll spend a little more time with them because, listen, again, our job, I think, is to, I know, is to find or vet out of all these people that come through in a day, in an afternoon, a qualified buyer, a good buyer. Sometimes you strike out. Sometimes you, you know, you, you hit pay dirt and someone is there. And it's not always that they're giving you an offer on the spot, but it's that you think that they like it enough based on the questions that they ask you through the show – um, that they're probably going to be serious enough and hear, you'll hear from them um, later on. 
Go ahead, Rachel. Really important point. In the rental world, also co-ops sometimes. We also have open houses for rentals. That is an ongoing relationship with the owner. Mm -hmm. So when you're vetting out a prospective tenant, you have to work with that tenant in a year or two. And you have to make sure your owner is happy. So unlike the buying process where you do vet out and you pre-qualify and you want to make sure they shake your hand and look at you in the eye and they're not asking very strange questions, um, the pressure's on for me more in the rental world um, to make sure my owner's happy so in years to come they will continue working with us and trust us. Mm-hmm. You know, important. I agree with yeah. you. I haven't done zillions of rentals and the ones that I've done by and large have been for almost every person who's purchased through me and then mm-hmm. eventually they move out or whatever. It's mm-hmm. just an investment. Yeah. I can't get over how responsible I feel when I'm placing a tenant in I one of my clients' 100% homes. Agree. I am 100%. blown away at how, what a big deal that is. And I can tell in five seconds who's going to be a good tenant, and mm-hmm. we all can. Oh, absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. Absolutely. absolutely. That's a big deal, man. What about the armchair quarterback that comes through you know, and is always Oof. critiquing and always picking out all the bad things in the apartment? We've all seen this. Well, I mean, I've seen it more. I, th- I think now. they do that because they think that they're going to somehow get a better deal. Yes. Um, and it's just... Not it, in New York City. I mean, first and foremost, it says to me either you are a very inexperienced buyer or you still haven't learned your lesson that that's just not how it works here at all. Like not by any stretch of the imagination. So maybe I'm a little too jaded or I'm just so tired of these people because they really do think they're going to get a better deal. They do. But at open houses, I actually have started saying to them, then this apartment is probably not for you. Or if you think you're going to get a better price by putting it down, it doesn't work. Look at the people around you. You have competition. And and they look at you shocked. Well, especially when they do that it. in front of other people who are there present yeah. at the yeah. open yes. house. Right. That's not It's not. just completely obnoxious. It really yes. is. Yeah. yeah, and you want to work with somebody who has a sincere and genuine interest Absolutely. in the in the apartment. You. Mm-hmm. you don't want to be right. you know, you wanna if there's three people that you're potentially working with and two are, you know, armchair uh critiquing everything and one person's like, Hey, I really like this, tell talk to me about the financials, you're gonna one hundred wanna work right. with it. Even if it's out of yeah. maybe a, a potential a lower offer because that'll tell you what's going to happen when you get to contracts Thank phase you. and there's negotiations totally so many things could go wrong dealing with those sorts of and of to people. be fair we i mean we understand that people are nervous if they're a little overdressed underdressed you know maybe a little anxious maybe even drop a comment or two because they don't you know they're, they're trying to be, they're afraid i think the best advice that I can give you, give them. I think a lot of people are afraid that if they show interest, they're going to pay an arm and a leg for an apartment. I think that's the fear that's driving a lot of these behaviors. And ultimately, I think that if, I mean, the best advice we can give on this show, I think, is is be confident, be interested, but be also sort of an active participant in asking questions about, you know, where where how does the building handle this or that? If you're asking intelligent questions without being negative, I think that that says that you're not sold on the place. You're still considering the pros and cons, but you also just have a little bit of polish and and respect to sort of treat everybody involved with respect. I agree. And here's another one where, where respect is concerned. How many times do we have a seller who and no judgments, but how many times do we have a seller that says, could you please ask buyers coming in to take off their shoes or – to put on those little booties. And oh, so many times, you know, buyers come in and roll their eyes and say, I'm not taking my shoes off, whatever. Gets back to what Perul said, respecting. You're respecting the seller's wishes. And by the way, you know, you're going to walk into this apartment. Maybe this is going to be the apartment for you. Maybe you're going to like this apartment. And 
isn't that a wonderful thing that, you know, people haven't beat up the floors, you know, and brought all kinds of germs in? I mean, again, not judging, but, you know, it's not a bad thing or a terrible thing if a seller says, please remove his shoes or to put the booties on for those who have problems removing shoes for whatever reason. It comes down to respect. And at the end of the day, as listing agents, as we all are from time to time, this is what we kind of vet when we look at these people are these going to be obnoxious types? Are these going to be difficult types when it comes time to do a board package and to sit in front of the almighty boards of some of these buildings that are crazy and some of them, you know, they're not so crazy. So all of these things make a difference. Here's one of my biggest pet peeves. And I swear to you, when I write my book someday, this is going to be a major <laughs> chapter. Do not use the bathroom. I don't care. Oh. Don't use the bathroom. In the, can I use the bathroom, please? No, it's open house. There are 20 people walking through this apartment. Hold it. Sorry, that's my opinion. So what what what's the feeling on this? I mean, we've had and <laughs> not to get, you know, gross, but how many times has this happened to me? One in particular that I wanted to die. People go in the bathroom and they make they smelly poop? mess. Yes. <laughs> no. Yeah. Construction no. sites are always that way. In the middle, <laughs> I know that. Yes. Believe me, I lived through that. But in an open house, oh. you need to do that in a bathroom at an open house? Come yeah. on. Come on. Go to the local There's Starbucks. There's a Starbucks downstairs. <laughs> yeah. yeah. So wow. listen, you know, my, you know, I bring this up and again, it's one of my hot points and anybody who knows me personally <laughs> knows that this is one of my hot points. But at the end of the day, I'm here to sell my seller's apartment. And if you just kind of stank up the place, you know, people are going to run out. <laughs> but, you know, I, I will say the bottom line, I think if we can inform people well to uh, go on what Pru was talking about, open houses are a forum for you to get informed. And I think people do play it cool and they come in and their brokers are like, don't say a word. We're there to inform you. It's a casual sort of environment. And I, I'll add to that that, you know, every once in a while something happens in life with the body that you possibly can't control. But by and large, open houses are not to relieve yourself in. Right. Well, so you're in really, there for 15 minutes. I know. You, well, you know, 20 minutes go to perhaps. the bathroom prior to go going to the bathroom in, before. You know? Well, again, it comes down to respect and, and going on your pet peeve. My pet peeve is <clears> open house, 11 to 12. Someone shows up, 11.59. Always. We are oh, yeah. in a position where our fiduciary responsibility is to our sellers. We have to head to our next open house or a buyer. What do you do? Very nice person shows up at 11.59. They didn't understand the process. What do you do? So it's, it's interesting because most of the time I make an exception I say I have to race out, but I will get you in for a minute or two. But please understand, I have to go to another appointment. And most of the time they understand. But it's, it's very hard what Boys. we do because we want to come off as cooperative and respectful. And sometimes it's very hard. You know, I make the assumption, to be honest, that, you know, if an open house is 11 to 12, that somebody if may just show up at 12. So in my mind, the open house is till 1215. Mm -hmm. And then it's after about 1210 that I start telling the person, look, you know, I have somewhere <clears> else <throat> to go because we are all tightly booked at that time. Especially and then sh our someone shows up Sundays. at 1240. Right. The yes. point is they're right that, at the edge of the time. That's right. That, that yes. does happen. Or, that's right. That I unfortunately in, does I'm happen. Like, you know, yes. We have 30 seconds. Yep. Mm -hmm. Oh, I run him in. You know what I say? <laughs> I just got uh, beckoned to the microphone. I was just agreeing <laughs> with you, but I will let anybody in. For t You've got yeah. 30 seconds. They made the effort to I come to this way. Yeah. I, yeah. I, I, I will yeah. let anyone in except if this person is with a broker. 
because the broker should know better. And there are many, many times that a person will show up at (laughs) 11.59 or 12.01 when you're in the lobby with the broker and the broker is feeling very entitled and telling you that she's entitled to see it. And I say, I'm sorry, we could make an appointment during the week because she should know better. How many times do you lock the door, turn off all the lights, put everything away, blah, blah, go downstairs in the lobby and here comes a broker and a buyer and whatever. Oh, sorry, we're late, but can we see the apartment? Unless Um, they call... And yes. say they're going to be late. And say there's traffic. Right. And That's as true. a courtesy, I'm calling you. Would you mind waiting for five minutes? Absolutely. Absolutely. Yep. Yeah. Here's another one of my pet peeves, and I'm going to go to break and come back. But, you know, again, this is all about respect. And you get it generally in the larger apartments, two and three bedroom apartments. You're children, laughing. I know. <laughs> Don't you. let the children run wild in the apartments. Uh-huh. I love children. I'm an uncle. I have plenty of nieces and nephews. But you know what? This is not my apartment. And you knock over things and things crash, which is, I've had happen to me. And, you know, this, the, the, the parents will say, oh, you know, Johnny's just a little rambunctious today. Really? <laughs> oh. you know what it Put is? him on a leash. You'll leave him Johnny home. I'm not a parent Put him yet. On a leash. So <laughs> me either. I'm not a parent yet, so maybe I have no room to say this. But it is unbelievable to me that parents – literally, I think parents go – like have a, have a special selected deafness mm-hmm. of their own children's like voices, noises, <laughs> et cetera. And it's like the kids will be screaming in the apartment. Yes. And they're just having a normal conversation with you as if – that noise is just not going on. They don't realize that it's so distracting to every, the other 20 people Terrible. who are in the no, apartment. I, it's I'm just a, not okay. I'm a parent and a grandparent, yeah. and I never let my kids behave like that. They're the same parents who don't show respect in a restaurant. I never let my children do that, and like you said, it's respect. Touche. And here we go to break. We're coming right back. The Internet's number one talk station. Number one talk station. VoiceAmerica.com Put Blue Realty Group to work for you. Blue Realty Group is a full-service luxury real estate brokerage firm in Manhattan. With our global reach, unrivaled marketing capabilities, and veteran team, Blue serves some of the world's most exclusive and high-profile buyers and sellers. Visit us today at BlueRealtyGroup.com. At Blue Realty Group, we feel that people matter and results count. Our mission with you is to meet and deliver expectations to drive the results you want. We're ready now. Visit BlueRealtyGroup.com. That's B-L-U-RealtyGroup.com. Stimulating talk gets those synapses in your brain inspired really fast. All the time. The number one Internet talk station where your opinion counts. VoiceAmerica.com. You are listening to Good Morning New York Real Estate with Vince Rocco. If you want to call into the program, we're toll-free in North America at 1-866-472-5788. That's 1-866-472-5788. Or send an email to vrocco at bluerealtygroup.com. That's vrocco at blurealtygroup.com. Now, back to the show. All right, everybody, we're back, and we're talking about etiquette at open houses. And then some our resp- our fiduciary responsibility to our sellers as listing agents is always to do the best that we can for our sellers, find the most qualified buyer for our sellers, and sell the apartment in in as uh, fast a fashion as we can. But there are so many moving parts to our business that you know people who are outside of the real estate industry kind of look at it as a very glamorous you know position, and there are glamour 
parts to it, but we mm-hmm. really have Not our jobs cut out for us when we need to vet people. So let's move on to the next. Some interesting things that you should know, something that we're going to start talking about each week. Even in, real estate, even in a real estate climate where bidding wars and multi-million dollar deals abound, there are still plenty of apartments that can be found in this town for $500,000 or less. Go figure that one. I found a few good options in all five boroughs that will fit a budget of $450,000. If you see a place that sounds interesting, call us and we'd be happy to make an appointment to show you. In Washington Heights, a one-bedroom, one-bath co-op, $445,000. Not so bad. In the East Village in Manhattan, a one-bedroom, one-bath co-op at 626 East 14th Street, $450,000. In Inwood, up in Upper uh, Manhattan, two-bed, one-bath condo on Academy Street, $449,000. In Bushwick, Brooklyn, we're going to talk about Bushwick in a couple of weeks, a very hot neighborhood all of a sudden. One-bed, one-bath condo on DeKalb Avenue, uh, $449,000. Not so bad, $33 a month in taxes. Uh, Sheepshead Bay in Brooklyn, three bed, two bath for $460,000. I mean, it goes on and on and on. Jackson Heights, Queens, great location, two bed, one bath, $449,000. Spite and Dival, which is Riverdale up in um, the Bronx, fabulous area, four bed, three bath on Capoc Street, love Capoc Street, $449,000. So, you know, you can find a deal or a price that fits your budget in several areas of Manhattan, out in Riverdale, out in... um, Queens and in certain parts of Brooklyn, if you're willing to give up the infamous, as I call, Manhattan, yes. and even across the river in Jersey, and there's even across the river cool in Jersey, neighborhood. Yeah, Correct. I live in Jersey. You do. There's some really. No, I live in Manhattan. I sleep in Jersey. <laughs> I know. There you have it. I want to talk about Facebook for a minute, so we're going to deviate just a little bit because I found this a couple of weeks ago, and I've been trying to put it into one of our shows, and, I, and, and we have a, a hole today to fill. So I'm thinking we're all, we're all talking about social media. In this, this, this world today, it applies so much and so strongly in real estate. We're going to talk about it at the New York City Expo coming up on Thursday this week, which we'll talk about in a minute. But social media can be a great tool for keeping in touch with people for making new friends and socializing effectively. So think about it, right? Where were we before Facebook and Twitter and Instagram and and LinkedIn and and Lord knows what? Unfortunately, not everybody uses it the way they should, okay? For many, checking Facebook has become almost like a job, full-time job. If you can't do anything else all day long but Facebook, they post for likes, see what others are doing, and they have become obsessed with knowing exactly what's going on everywhere, all at once, all the time. They play all the games, drives me crazy, and participates in all the fads like quizzes. Leave me alone. This may be you or someone you know. If it is, figure it out. Here are 10 things that will happen once you stop checking Facebook all the time. Listen to this. (laughs) You will become less... I didn't write this stuff, okay? I'm just reporting it. You will become less (laughs) brain dead. You will get more work done. True. You can focus on other things. What a novel thought. You, <clears throat> you can find out who your real friends are. You can find out who your real friends are. Maybe get some real friends. Hello. You will feel more accomplished. There's one. You will get rid of the stalkers. Mm-hmm. <laughs> We've all had those. Yeah. <laughs> you will actually feel better about yourself. Okay. You will, feel, oh <clears throat> you will feel better about the things that you own. That's an interesting one. And you will realize that... All you ever were to Facebook was a piece of data that viewed advertisements. Mm, I don't know, maybe. But you get the point. 
anything in life, if you use it properly, you will um, get benefit from. So what, what, what's, what's the, the opinion from my, my friends here on, on the whole Facebook phenomenon? We all use it. We all sort of, you know, use it hopefully to our advantage. But what are some of the, the disadvantages that we spoke about here that are a problem? What do you? I like. I like that you said uh, you will feel better about the things that you own. Yeah. Because a lot of what people have when they're on Facebook or social media is, is is FOMO, the fear of missing out, and they're looking at what other people are doing, and then they become self obsessed with you know how Susie's doing or how John's doing, and they look at what they have versus you know are grateful for what they have you know themselves. Mm. So uh, I think that's a really a really crucial thing when you talk about Facebook. But, you know, Facebook could be leveraged a number of different ways. You know, everyone has their own strategy. I use it through my Instagram feed and I just have it, you know, constantly updating with cool pictures because I'm always throughout the city seeing and doing cool mm-hmm. things. And, you know, I just try and show. Yeah, Dem- I follow you. <laughs> Dem follows me, which <laughs> me is too. pretty cool. Um, and, you know, it really helps just keep myself and what I do front of mind with a lot of my friends. And I'm telling you, a lot of people reach out to me through Facebook to connect about real estate. I, I actually have, uh, I feel like I have matured for my Facebook experience. Originally, it was, what did I drink tonight? Little picture of the, the, the beverage cocktail. in front of the fireplace. Martini or the, glass. The meal. Yeah. And there's no takeaway. And so now when I post, whether it's personal or real estate, I realize there has to be a takeaway. Correct. So whether it's my dog, I want all the people I love to see the love of my life and how beautiful they are and what it means to me. Or if it's a post about real estate, it's not just, you know, look at me. It's what is the lesson learned or what's interesting about that. Um, so I've actually f- matured from from social media. Um, it's interesting to see. I think what we all have. And then you have too. those those people who you know who are on Facebook, who are your friends, who are just yeah. vomiting. I woke up today. Yes. yes. I listened oh, to, yeah. the, to yes. this song and it's like, whoa, take it easy. I wanted yes. to ask a, a question though because you know somebody mentioned to me a little while ago, you know, they, they are having a problem with Facebook becoming too bragging for some people. They're bragging about this and bragging about that. I get that and there's a point to that. But then on the flip side of that, it seems like there there is an opportunity sometimes to get your message out there, whatever that message is, whether it's real estate, whether it's a radio program, whether it's you know an accomplishment. Mm-hmm. So some people will look at that as bragging, but some people will look at it as, okay, so this is social media working to kind of build an audience or build, you know, um, people looking at my listings or build this or build that. So, you know, I, and I try to find the balance there. And sometimes I think I do. And sometimes I think I don't. Is it bragging or is it informative? Correct. Yes. Correct. You so know, I don't I know the, where that line, you know, mm-hmm. is. I think it is about what value are you adding for somebody else? So um, I think that most of the things that I mean, I post maybe once or twice a month, I don't, I'm so private that's like one of my painful things. It's like, I'm just a very private person. So I'm not somebody to talk a lot about like what is personal to me until it's a a one-on-one conversation. And I think a lot of Mm. people in this room know that about me. Um, so it's hard for me. It's difficult for me. And I'm also the, the last thing I ever want to do is say, um, it's my friends who are generally my PR, like, Oh, Pearl wasn't selling New York and this and that. And it's amazing. And they're like, well, we do this for you all the time because you will never say it. Like even right now I'm cringing that I'm saying it on air, but like, I, I don't, it's not my personality to put it out there like that. Um, but so I use a different tack, which is my point of view is 
it's not about showing you how great my life is. And if you're having a bad day, throwing that in your face, you know, it's like, I almost think that that's tough on other people because, you know, I don't post the day that I'm sitting at my desk doing my work and being like, parole working, parole working again, you know, like, so it's like, <laughs> so it's like, you know, it, it's, it's much more um, helpful for people to not necessarily just see my big smiling face on like when I'm out with friends, but maybe like an inspiring quote or something that is just uplifting or just funny or whatever, because it adds, adds value to the other person. So I think that that's my balance, but mm -hmm. that's just one formula coming from somebody who's painfully quiet about my personal life. So. Well said. And, and, and again, I think, you know, these, these types of mediums are for everybody, but, but everybody uses them differently and hopefully effectively. One of the things we have about a minute left, I wanted to just say, you know, one of the lines here was you will feel more accomplished if you lighten up on your Facebook, you know, vomiting as, as <laughs> Niall said before. What, what does that really mean? I mean, do do we get so involved in this stuff that it makes no sense? And I'm getting a cue that we've got to move on. So that is our show for this week. I want to just remind everybody the New York City Condo Expo is this Thursday it, at the New York Hilton. I'm going to be moderating an event at 1230 uh, in one of the rooms. So please come and see us. That is Good Morning New York for this week. We are back next Tuesday morning at 9 Eastern, 6 Pacific Live. You can always catch the show later in the day on podcast or anytime on our website, voiceamerica.com. For all of us at Voice America all around the world, thanks for joining me and I will see you next time. Thanks for tuning in this week. Please join us for another edition of Good Morning New York Real Estate with Vince Rocco next Tuesday at 9 a.m. Eastern Time, 6 a.m. Pacific Time on the Voice America Variety Channel. Here's hoping all of your transactions are successful ones. Oh,